You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 416 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is June 20th, 2023. The Padres, they have just dropped the first two games of the San Francisco Giants series. They had a lead in both of these games. They should have won both of these games, and they weren't able to do it. Obviously, there's going to be plenty of frustrated fans in the live chat. If you want to join and vent, click that link that is pinned in the top chat right now. And I'll let you on the show and you can vent yourself. Uh, just waiting for some people to get, to get in here. Um, sorry. Uh, Code's uh, Talking Friars on SeatGeek. $20 off your order there. You can click the link in my description uh, for Great Britain T-Swag, Padres, Wave, Aztecs. And then I'll tell you more about Gaglion Bros and Underdog Fantasy throughout the night. So Padres, they lose tonight 4-3. to three, And they lose yesterday 7-4. Yesterday was an extra innings. Today was in regulation, but it was also on a walk-off. So back-to-back nights on a walk-off. Yesterday, they had the excuse of, well, Padres, they didn't have the best relievers available. Padres didn't have their best three. Today, what's the excuse today? There's no excuse today. Nick Martinez was in there. Stephen Wilson was in there. Tim Hill was in there again. Josh Hader came into the game. 
the offense. I just tweeted this out. The offense, first two games in this series, they're combined three for 17 with runners in scoring position. So, like I said, during that race series, like the offense isn't magically fixed because they took two out of three there. It's still not magically fixed. Three for 17 with runners in scoring position. I mean, don't even get me started today with the whole Nola Kim thing. Top of the fourth, Kim's on third base and he gets off too far. By the way, for anyone, so I get you to be pissed off at Nola, like he didn't get the bunt down. I get it. But Hassan Kim, why are you off that far? It's not a suicide squeeze. It's a safety squeeze. That's what Bomel said in the post-game presser. So why are you getting off that far? So there's that. Yesterday, Nando getting thrown out at third when he's already in scoring position. Soto's up at the plate. Nobody out. I love his aggressiveness for the most part. But that was just a dumb decision on his part, I think. Like, what are you doing there? So dumb base running stuff, uh, not being able to get bunts down, not coming through with runners in scoring position, grounding into double plays, bullpen, regardless of if it's the best relievers or if it's not, they still blow it. So, yeah, these have been a frustrating first couple of games here uh, for all Padres fans, for sure. And I think those that were calling for Bomel's head yesterday, what are you saying? Like, I'm, I'm very curious. What are you saying now? You're, you still want Bomel fired after today? When all of us would have had Hater in the game, all of us would have had the best relievers in the game, and guess what? They didn't come through. That's on Bomel. Bomel should have thrown a better pitch to Jock Peterson. He should have made sure that he threw the ball, threw the pitch before the pitch clock went off. Like little things, just stupid things that happened in these first couple games. Like Josh Hader, there was a ball there, right? Was that was that the Jock Peterson at bat? I forget what at bat that was, but if it was, it looks even worse because that's a ball right there. And he ended up walking Jock. He could have had an extra ball, but because he had the pitch clock violation, which is his fault, it ended up being ball four in that spot with the bases loaded. You can't walk the guy with the bases loaded there. What pitch was that? I'm gonna I'm looking back at the it was a breaking ball, right? Three, two count, bases loaded. Yeah, I don't think that was a fastball. It doesn't look like that was a fastball. I mean, it was 96, so maybe it was, and he just totally yanked it. But the previous pitch, the previous pitch prior, it was a fastball pretty much down the middle, right? And he got Jock, I think, to swing through it. So, I mean, I would have probably thrown that pitch again, especially with the bases loaded. Like, throw the pitch that you know you're going to throw for a strike. So, yeah, the big guys didn't get the job done tonight. And yesterday, obviously, Luis Garcia sucked. And, uh, yeah, Yaz hit another walk-off home run. Could see that coming. So, yeah, pretty disappointing. All right, quick break, and then we'll get more in-depth into this game here. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, so Nabil Chrismat, before today's game, he was DFA'd. That had to make room for, because they had to make room for Seth Lugo. And I was fine with the decision. Like, I thought that they might have sent Carlton down 
because Carlton pitched yesterday, maybe get an extra day out of Chris Matt if he can. Uh, but they decided to go with Chris Matt. He made one appearance since being called up on Friday before Friday's game against the Rays. And he was saved, let's be honest. He was saved from being DFA'd because of the Cosgrove IL hammy issue there. So he was going to get DFA'd at some point. And now I believe there's a week for the Padres to either find a trade, um, have a team claim him on waivers, or I think they can outright him. But Chris Matt can also refuse that and then just get released. And then he could go sign with another team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but Lugo activated today. He was really good. I thought five innings of work, allowed three hits, one earned run, uh, one walk, struck out five. I, I was thinking that he was going to strike out more than five guys based on the way he started. Like the first two innings, he had five punch outs. He struck out all three batters that he faced in the first inning. He was looking really good. Uh, the breaking ball looked as good as usual. Uh, he worked on the slider while he was on the IL. He only threw the slider a little over 11% of the time going into the IL stint. So I was interested in seeing how that pitch was going to work. He didn't throw it a lot today, but it worked. It looked like when he threw it. So I was encouraged by what I saw from Seth. And maybe he'll be able to stay in the rotation the entire year because of that IL stint. Like there was questions if he was going to be able to stay in, on, in the rotation the, the whole year if he would have been healthy because of his lack of experience, his lack of recent experience in the rotation. But might have been a blessing in disguise. Better than Ryan Weathers, I would say, for sure. Uh, but Padres, so, you know, Lugo pitches well. They get a lead for him. They're in the top of the third. Good situational baseball, I thought, from the Padres. Single, bunt, single, RBI double by Soto down the line. Going oppo again. He homered twice opposite field yesterday. So looks like he's back. Uh, RBI fielder's choice by Manny. Uh, but then, you know, fourth inning, they had that spot that maybe they could have scored where Kim gets backpicked there. Uh, Nola was trying to bunt. It was a bad bunt attempt by him. He kind of stabbed at it. And then at the when the ball was like already in the catcher's glove, he tried pulling back. So, yeah, that wasn't great. Um, although I think the first at bat, he did get the bunt down and it worked. This time it didn't. I still think Kim was too far off the base right there. Like it's not a, it's not a suicide squeeze. It's a safety. Bomel said that in the presser after the game. So I think it's on both of those guys. Like Nola, pull it back. If you're not going to bunt, don't stab at it. And then Kim, you're off too far, you know? Uh, so there was an opportunity there. The Padres in this game today, they ended up going two for 10 with runners in scoring position. They left 10 guys on base yesterday. They went one for seven with runners in scoring position. They left eight on base. So again, the offense, the runners in scoring position issues, those are not fixed, not fixed. Um, Tatis, he had his 15th home run of the year, made it three, one Padres in the fifth. Uh, look, Tatis, I'm whenever he does something incredible, I'm always like, man, I'm, I'm so grateful to be a Padres fan to be able to watch this guy be in our team's uniform for the next decade plus. Like that is going to be so fun to watch. But then at the end of tonight, it's like, why do I have to be a Padres fan with the way the result turned out? You know, um, obviously I love being a Padres fan, but sometimes it is painful like today, like yesterday, you know, they have the talent to get the job done. They don't get it done. They have a lead. They don't get the win. Back-to-back uh, -back nights, getting walked off by Jock Peterson and Mike Yastrzemski. 
just irritating, obviously. Um, we can let's go to the the bullpen and how that panned out tonight. So Lugo goes five innings. Wilson goes an inning, doesn't give up any runs, no hits, no walks, whatever. Uh, he only had six pitches. So some thought eh, maybe bring him out for the seventh inning. Like that makes sense. Why is Tim Hill pitching again? Because I, and I'll admit I was surprised that they had Tim Hill pitch in this spot here because he had the two innings yesterday. And so I thought like, well, those are some high leverage spots there that he pitched yesterday. So I wasn't expecting him to pitch today, but they bring him in. Bomell said after the game that he liked the matchups there and he didn't pitch terribly. Like I want to make that clear. I don't think he pitched terribly. He gave up some not very hard contact. I mean, let's be real. It just found some holes. I mean, some balls up the middle, some, I think there was one in the five, five hole if I remember correctly. Uh, a lot happened there late, so I might get some details a little mixed up with where balls were placed, but he got a little unlucky, kind of like Nick Martinez got a little unlucky. I believe that was the race series, right, where there was some of those balls that weren't hit hard at all. They went, I believe, like right be- beyond Odor, who was diving at second base. A um, little unlucky. That's what kind of reminded me this of Hill today. And then so Nick comes into the game. One pitch, one out, ends the inning there. And the Padres, they end up, uh, I believe they had the, they still had the lead in that, at that spot. Wait, hang on. Yeah, in the seventh, they still had a one run lead. But then Martinez in the eighth, Melvin obviously has to give him that inning because they're not going to have Hader go uh, pitch the ninth there. Right. Um, And he ends up giving up a meatball home run. To Jock Peterson. Uh, it felt like Nick, there was a lot of meatballs that he was throwing there. There was a lot of pitches down the middle of the plate. Um, and so that was the story with Nick tonight, I think. He has to be better. That's not on Bo Mill. Um, and Josh Hader, he needed to be better tonight. He comes in the game. I get it. Some fans, they're like, yeah, Josh, he needs to have a clean inning there. Ninth inning, he is comfortable in a clean inning. If he's going to pitch the ninth inning, you give him a clean inning. But I don't think that was the Padres' plan in the first place. The Padres' plan in the first place was to have Nick finish that. I don't think it was to have Josh Hader come in and finish the ninth inning. They were hoping probably to have Hader pitch the 10th, I would assume. Hopefully they have a lead in the top of the 10th, but it obviously didn't get there. But when Hader came into the game, I mean, it kind of reminded me of Luis Garcia last night. Like, he wasn't spiking pitches and going to the backstop. He has to come. He has to come in and be better. Like that's just what it is. So Hater comes in for Nick. There's runners on, I believe, first and second in this situation. Casey Smith walks, so Hater walks him. So now there's the bases loaded. Matos is on third. Bailey's on second. Schmidt, who went to San Diego State, he's on first. Strikes out David VR, which was big. But then he was a little more inconsistent again with Jock Peterson. Bases loaded, you can't be inconsistent like he was inside the strike zone. Um, I, was that a fastball that he went to? I keep going back to that. Was that a fastball that he went to in that last pitch that ended up walking Jock? It was 96 is what it said on the television. But that didn't look like a fastball. Or maybe he just he just yanked the fastball. 
because I don't know what other pitch he has that's 96 like that, but it, it didn't look like that was a fastball pitch. The pitch before, clearly that was a fastball. I think it was right down the pipe, and Jock swung through it. So I get the mentality, don't want to double up, don't want to give him that pitch again because he's going to capitalize, but in that spot, make Jock beat you. You got to throw a strike there. And so this is, again, this isn't on Bowmill tonight. You have a better case of saying it was on Bowmill yesterday than, than tonight. He had his, all of his relievers used, all the best relievers used. He didn't use Luis Garcia, right? I know a lot of fans probably didn't want that happen happening tonight. Didn't do that. Seth Lugo pitched well. The offense could have been better with runners in scoring position. And Nick Martinez, Josh Hader could have been better. And Tim Hill, you could say, could have been better, you know, results-wise as well. And like yesterday, the third inning that Tim Hill was on the mound for, at least to start the inning, uh, before getting pulled before the, the inning, I guess, officially started, um, he could have had the inning that he had tonight. He could have had that in the third inning last night. So who the heck knows? Uh, I think last night, you know, Luis Garcia has to be better. And in that spot, I'll, I'll blame Bowman a little bit. I think that Garcia should not have been pitching in that spot. I understand Garcia, you know, needing to get a chance, right? Bomel said post game yesterday, trying to get Garcia going, giving him a chance. I get it. That's who Bomel is. But you don't have to give him the chance in the ninth inning there. Give it to him in the seventh inning. So the Padres offense, I know it's not great, but they can have some time to come back, right? But that's not what happened. So, yeah, frustrating. I'm going to go to the comments here in a little bit, uh, but here's another break. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, just a reminder, if you want to vent here on the show, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat, and you can come in here and give your thoughts on this Padres team. If you have any questions, I'll definitely answer them. 
If you have any questions, comments that you want to make sure that I get to in the comments tonight, hit that super chat button there and it separates it into a different category, makes it easy for me to find and it supports the channel as well. So I appreciate any of those that come in. Um, I did want to mention like how lucky the Padres were to even be in this spot today where they had a chance to push it to extra innings if Hader would have gotten Jock out. Like, Manny Machado made a tremendous double play there. I think it was in the seventh inning. Tim Hill gets a ground ball. There's the bases loaded, right? Gets a ground ball. Manny touches third, doesn't go to first to concede a run and get a double play there, which might may have been easier. I don't know. He throws it home. Nola gets the tag, double play there, and I think, a, uh, yeah, one run ended up scoring later in the inning on an RBI single, made it 3-2, and then Jock obviously would tie it with a home run, I believe, in the next inning against Nick. Uh, but if that double play doesn't get turned, let's say there's one out, you know, then I think a couple runs score in that inning, and then the home run for Jock ends up giving the Giants the lead at that point. So, and the Giants could have closed it out there in the top of the ninth instead of having to play a bottom of the ninth. So there was a good play by Grish in the gap that may have started something big for the Giants in one inning. There was a play from Bogey, shallow outfield. Uh, so there was some good defense. There was some good defense yesterday that helped the Padres be in the situation that they got into before, you know, everything happened, right? So they were fortunate to even be in the situation they were in today. Oh, uh, man. All right. Let's go to the chat. I'll get to uh, yesterday's game, obviously. Yeah, if you're just joining, talking about the first two games in this series, there's some news about a former Padre that I'll get to as well. Omar LMFAO, Jerusalem Vice says, I want to go die in a hole. Omar, the mid four instead of the big four. KO says, I don't have anything to say. This team sucks. We are not making the playoffs. I, I still hold out hope. I still think they'll, they'll make the playoffs. But it's hard to, to sit here and say that they're like this World Series contender right now because they're not. Not the way they're playing. The coolest three, heartbreaking games. Yep. Alex, man, brutal loss once again. Uh, Anthony says, bring back Myers. We'll get to him. Uh, Omar says, hater is washed. Well, that's not true. It, it's one outing, but he has to be better. Like, and this guy, this isn't a guy that I'd give over a hundred million dollars to a guy that's not going to pitch three days in a row, or at least the team's not going to allow him to pitch three days in a row. I don't know which one it is, but a guy that doesn't pitch three games in a row, yeah, three games in a row, um, doesn't pitch for more than three outs. Right. Like I'm not I'm going to spend the money elsewhere, but that's that's a different conversation that we can have after the season or whenever is a better time for that. JD's third. So, so, Ben, how many games are we winning this year? Your new estimate, please. I still have us winning 75, 77 games max. I don't know what the math looks like right now. Padres, where do they sit right now? They're they're 35 and 38, fourth in the NL West. They were one game under 500 entering this series, obviously losing the first two. So now they're three games under. Um, I don't know. They're probably not getting to the 89 win mark that they were at last year. So they'll, they're going to have to get in. Like I, I've thrown the division out the window. Uh, they're going to have to win it 
through the wild. They're going to have to get in through the wild card. Uh, is this the real Angel Hernandez? If it is, sorry, man. You're not good at umpiring. Uh, hurts to watch, but still keeping the faith and always will keep the faith. So I, I get some fans, it's hard to keep the faith, but I'm still trying to. I'm just pissed off, but there's still talent on the team. Uh, Flacco says, why pull Wilson, fire Bowmel? Uh, again, why are we blaming Bowmel here today? Why? Why? Okay, so Wilson, he pitched a clean inning. Was It was a full inning, right? It was. I know it was only six pitches, but he did his job. And the Padres, they like the matchup with Tim Hill on the mound. Yeah, Wilson an inning. He got Tim Hill out of there before a second run was allowed, I believe, in that inning, right? Martinez got out of that. He made the right move there. And you have the guy you want on the mound in the eighth inning there, Nick Martinez. He's the Padres eighth inning guy. Who else do you want Bomo to go to? Josh Hader in the eighth? Well, we know that's been established. That doesn't happen. He's not going to pitch more than three outs. He's a one-inning guy. You want Bowmel to start Hader in the ninth? Okay. Uh, okay. I'm, I guess I'm. that's valid. But still, Nick Martinez has to be better. He'll say that. And Josh Hader has to be better. When Josh came into the game, he was not that good. So th- this is on the bullpen. This is on Bowmel. This is on the offense. How about the players step up and be better? I'm I'm tired of some fans always resorting to fire Bomel. Bomel's the guy. Bomel's the problem. If Bomel's gone, who is replacing him? Ryan Christensen, you think he's going to do a better job? He's literally Bomel's bench coach. He's helping him make these decisions. Ruben Diebla, he's the pitching coach. He's not going to come in and be the manager. Mike Schilt, he's going to do better than Bomel? I don't know. Mike Schilt's a good manager. But I think Bomel's a good manager too. And no, Ryan Flaherty would not take over. Like, if you have a problem and you're pissed off about something and you think someone should be fired, you better have someone you think that's going to come in and be better than this guy. And I don't think some Padre fans have that solution when they want to go say, fire Bomel, fire Bomel, because he makes a, you know, maybe a decision in hindsight that didn't work out, even though it makes sense on paper. I'm tired of that. Dominic says, I feel like there's definitely clubhouse issues. I don't know about that. Uh, It seems like the clubhouse is fine. How about, you know, that's another thing that I feel like some people blame it on. How about just the players be better on the field? Why does it have to be the manager or um, clubhouse issues? Clubhouse issues, is that the problem when someone steps into the box and they ground into a double play? Is that the problem? Is that the problem when Josh Hader walks someone with the bases loaded? Is that the problem when Nick Martinez throws a meatball to Jock Peterson? Is that the problem? Clubhouse issues? No. Like, I think that's another thing that people like to jump to sometimes. And it's like, come on. How about you have a lead, these back-to-back nights here? How about just keep the lead? I'll get back to the chat. Let's get to, uh, not Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yesterday's game, Monday, Padres lose 7-4. They had a lead in this game. What a shocker. It was a 4-0 lead. Going into the bottom of the fifth, they give up a run there. They give up a run in the sixth. Give up two, obviously, in the ninth. They give up three in the tenth. Mikey Stramski with the walk-off home run. Um, 
you know, it started off encouraging, kind of like today started off encouraging for the Padres, right? Soto had an opposite field home run. Uh, he had two opposite field home runs in this game. Toddy, as I said earlier, I think it was not the smartest decision by him. But I also realized, like, I guess I'm kind of being hypocritical. If I'm going to applaud him for his aggressiveness when it works out, I guess I shouldn't criticize him when his aggressiveness doesn't work out. But, you know, on Sunday against the Rays, right, his aggressiveness, that made sense. He saw where Wander Franco was, how far away he was, and he went. Like, that. if he got thrown out there, that would have been, like, I guess that would have made more sense than this one. No outs. Soto already is up. He's up at the plate. You're already in scoring position. Why are you stealing there? It's not like it's a righty. It's not like Manny was up at the plate and there's a righty there and that's blocking the catcher a little bit. So it's a lefty. And the pitch was obviously thrown outside. And I guess it was the perfect pitch too. But there's no someone, you know, protecting you a little bit there standing in the box as a righty. It's a lefty. So you're giving the catcher an easy open lane to throw you out. I didn't think that was the best decision early in the game like that. Uh, but if you want to call me hypocritical because I criticized him like that, and but I applaud him in other situations, okay, I guess that makes a little bit of sense, but still, I was pissed off when that happened. So maybe that was a base running mistake a little bit there. Um, but Bomo obviously backed up Tatis. He thought he had a good jump, or I think t- maybe it was Tatis that said he thought he had a good jump, whoever it was. They thought he had a good jump, and it just, you know, it was a good throw, pretty much the perfect pitch to throw him out. But if Soto would have homered there, that would have been a two-run home run, and some of the situations probably would have been a little bit different there. The score would have been different. Uh, But again, it comes down to the bullpen. I mean, Tim Hill, so he goes two scoreless innings. By the way, it was uh, Waka who started this game. He was fine, six innings, two earned runs. Uh, A couple home runs that he allowed, but they were solo home runs, you know, kind of minimizing the damage. Tim Hill, two shutout innings. And then Luis Garcia gets put into this game here in the ninth inning for those that said Tim Hill should have pitched the third is that third inning uh third inning of work which that would have been for him in the ninth inning because he was on the mound they weren't going to go to him for the third inning of work there wasn't going to happen Tim Hill hasn't done that I don't think in his career they're not going to do that they were doing that so that Gabe Kapler would go to another hitter, which he did. Then they brought in someone else. Then I think Kapler went to someone else. So it was kind of just a lot of back and forth there, but they, they wanted to do that so that they didn't get the giants didn't get the exact matchup that they wanted Hill against, I think it was Slater. They weren't going to allow that. So Garcia comes into the game. I look, Bomel said after the game, let me, let me pull up his exact quote here. Cause I think it's worth reading the exact quote. Okay, Bomel, this was after the game. We're trying to get Garcia going. We're trying to give him a chance. It hasn't worked to this point. We definitely need another guy down there, another righty. We're used to the same two guys in Wilson and Martinez. It just hasn't happened. So they're trying to get Garcia going. This is who Bomel is. Like, he loves having faith in his players. And personally, I would rather have a manager who has faith in his players than a manager who doesn't, right? Players will run through a wall for Bomel instead of being, oh, no, I didn't pitch good. Is he going to go to me in this spot again because I didn't pitch good this last spot? Uh Oh, or when they're in a spot where, you know, they're worried about their job status. Oh, if I don't pitch well 
and then they get tight and then things don't work out well. Like I think BOMO allows players to re to relax. Um, and the confidence I think can go a long way, but the ninth inning there is not the chance to get Lu This is not the time to try to get Luis Garcia going, trying to give him a chance. He's not, he's not Josh Hader. You can give him a chance, but don't give him it in the ninth inning there. Give it to him in the seventh inning so the offense can have some more time to know that, okay, we're down. Let's come through here. Um, or I don't know. It's just maybe Garcia relaxes if he's in there in the seventh inning instead of the ninth inning. I don't know. He sucked last night. Spiking balls, walking guys, um, even the out that he got, it was a sack fly move to runner over. Like he was not good, not good. And Gary Sanchez saved a bunch of pitches yesterday. It wasn't just Garcia either. Like there were multiple pitchers. He saved a bunch of pitches that could have been wild pitches and the game could have been over earlier. So yeah, the Gar the Garcia decision with Bomel, I disagreed with, with the timing. I, I guess I was fine with him going in the game. Pre-game thoughts, I said if Walker goes six, I wouldn't have went with Garcia. Initially, I said I would have gone with Garcia, but then I was like, I don't trust him in high leverage situations. And then later in the night, look what happens. Um, I would have went, I think I said Kerr, uh, I think Hill, or Kerr, Honeywell, and Hill. Honeywell did not even pitch yesterday. Hasn't pitched in these first two games of the series. Um, and Kerr pitched, and I thought he was, you know, showed some good spurts there. Or some, he had some good moments there on the mound. And Tim Hill had two shutout innings. Uh, I thought that they it would have been smart to have him close the game there. He has some experience doing that. Uh, Garcia has experience as well, but Garcia is not a guy that I would trust in high leverage situations right now. And Bomel decided to go with him, and obviously it didn't work out well. Um, Garcia has to be better, though. Like, I think if the Padres want to go where they want to go, especially if Suarez is going to be out for Kevin Acey, I think was saying until at least mid July. You know, they're they're going to need righties in this bullpen, so Garcia is going to have to come through at some point. You would imagine. So Bomo's trying to get him going. He has to be better too. Like part of this is on Bomo for the decision to pitch Garcia in that spot, but also part of the decision part, or part of this is on Garcia as well. Like we do have to blame the players. I know it's convenient to blame the manager, fire Bomel, fire hitting coaches when the, the offense isn't going well. But when guys do do well, the offense, it feels like we praise the offense. We don't praise Ryan Flaherty, right? When uh, a reliever shuts something down, do we praise Bob Melvin or do we praise the reliever? I feel like a lot of fans, they love to praise the reliever, which is who you should be praising. Like we should, you can praise Bo Melvin, get on him, but the majority of the blame, the majority of the praise should be going on the players at pretty much all times because they're the ones that are actually on the field. That That's my belief on it. Um, you know, unless it's an obviously stupid decision, you can blame the manager. But for the most part, how about just say, you know, the pitchers got to be better. The players got to be better. So, yeah, that was a disappointing loss. And in that moment, I kind of felt like, yeah, the Yaz home run, it's coming. He already had a walk-off home run against the Padres at Oracle Park before. Or maybe it was AT&T Park at that time. You just kind of felt like that was coming. and. uh yeah, it was a splash home run. Immediately when he made contact, I was sitting on the couch. Immediately when he made contact, 
I got up and walked. I didn't even see the ball land because you knew it was gone. I wasn't questioning if, oh, is that ball foul or not? You knew it was gone. Uh, it was meatball, and right when you made contact, no shot of that staying in. So, yeah, that was a game where they had a lead and lost. Today, had a lead and lost. And there was some good defense, too. So the Potters were a little lucky in both games to be in the spot that they were in before things went the wrong way, right? Oceanside Boys 760, let's get to the chat here. Can anyone explain why we lost two straight times? Yeah, I can, because the bullpen didn't do their job. The offense didn't do their job. Again, runners in scoring position, first game of this series, one for seven, eight left on base. Tonight, two for 10, 10 left on base, three for 17 in the first two games of this series. In the race series, which they won, they went five for 25 with runners in scoring position. It's not fixed. It's still an issue. That's why. Oceanside Boys 760, if, if Bomel isn't retarded, why did he put Luis Garcia in the ninth inning and left Martinez in today? Um, yeah, you could say Martinez was left in too long, and I, I, I think that Garcia should have probably pitched earlier in the game if he was going to pitch yesterday, which that's what it seems like he was going to pitch. Like, Bomel, like that was a decision probably going into the game that he was going to pitch. They, like, they're trying to get him going. I disagree with when. They put Garcia into the game. But Bowmill's not retarded, okay? Um, yeah, there's decisions that I disagree with. There's decisions that fans disagree with. But, again, if you want to fire the guy, who are you replacing him with? And is that that's got, that guy's going to be better than Bob Melvin? Enrique says, at what point do we start to worry about next season? Um, oh, oh, like you're giving up on this season. At what point do we start to worry about the next season? So like turning our focus towards the next season, uh, long ways away. Yeah. And I don't look at the standings, the wild card state, like the vision. I don't even care about that anymore. Um, that's not going to happen. I'd be shocked if that happens, but since you ask about it, wild card, and just to prove my point, like we're a long ways off. Yeah, they're five games back in the wild card. There's one, two, three, four teams ahead of them for the final wild card spot. Dodgers have the final wild card spot. Giants have the second. Miami has the first. They're 10 games over 500 with a negative run differential, which is interesting. Uh, but there's still a lot of time left. And the Padres, they're not going to go sell at the deadline. Like they're all in. They're not going to stop being all in on the season, I don't think. So. I, I think it's a while till we start to worry about next season. Uh, I will probably be the last, and maybe it's to my to a fault, but I'm a Padres fan. I want this team to do well. Um, I'm going to be one of the last people to give up on the team. And some might not like that. Some might want to criticize me for that, but I don't care. Like, I'm a Padres fan. I'm Maybe it's the preseason expectations, and I'm just grasping onto that, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm pissed off, obviously, as you can tell. Uh, I'm as pissed off as any other Padre fan. But I, st I still want to believe in the talent. I still want to believe in whatever is going to happen at the deadline. I have no idea what's going to happen. But I, I just don't see them selling. So, yeah, it'll be a while. It'll be when the Padres are eliminated from postseason contention. <laughs> 
uh, when their season's over is when we can start to think about next year. It's not like at the deadline or anything. All right, I see some super chats in here. Gabe, Giants fan here. Sorry about the tough losses, LOL, but I hope you know this Giants team is definitely in the race. Yeah, thanks, Gabe, for the super chat. I appreciate it. If anyone else wants to make sure I get to your comment like Gabe did, you can use that super chat button. It supports the channel as well. I appreciate anyone doing that. And I appreciate you all just being here in the chat talking about the Padres. Uh, it's a great community that we have here. Um, yeah, the Giants, Gabe. Yeah, I know the Giants, they're a good team. Uh, I think they've outperformed expectations. I thought they had a decent pitching staff going into the year, but I think the Carlos Correa thing, the Aaron Judge or Arson Judge thing, that was a blow. Um, I just, I don't know. I didn't totally believe in the offense, but they've exceeded expectations. And yeah, they, they're a pretty good team. But going into the year, the Padres have more talent on this team, had more talent than the Giants. And I think you can make the case they still do have more talent than the Giants do. They're just not performing up to that level that the talent is. That, you know, they're not performing up to the expectations. That's that's what it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, the Giants suck, but these are games the Padres should have won, and they didn't. You know, and there's games that they should have won earlier in the year that they didn't win. And that might cost the Padres for home field or just postseason spot, just in general, it might cost them down the road. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty frustrating. Donnie says, such a disappointing game. JD's third, such a disappointing season. Uh, it's disappointing so far, for sure. But I, I, I'm making sure to put the so far in there, added on to such a disappointing season. I'm adding that on so far because. It's June 20th. We still got months of baseball to be played here. Mike says, BS on the clean inning. If you're a closer, you come in and close it whenever it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, look, Josh Hader, he's getting paid a lot of money. More money than we're ever going to see in our lifetime, right? So, yeah. Sure. Is he most comfortable in a clean inning? Yeah. But, sorry, dude. You got to pitch better when you come into the game. You know, you're the best reliever we have. You got to pitch like it. And he didn't pitch like that tonight. Bases loaded. You can't walk the guy. You can't walk him. I know he came with the strikeout earlier. And he got the strike before the walk. But throw that pitch again then. You know, you, you can't yank the pitch there. And you can't have you can't have the pitch clock violation. I saw John Schaefer on Twitter. Uh, what did he say? Let me pull this up. He He wasn't a fan of the pitch clock violation. He thought it was stupid like in that spot to have a pitch clock violation. But come on, John. Sorry, I disagree with you. It's the rules. He says here, pitch clock violations in a tie game in the bottom of the ninth inning are incredibly dumb. Well, guess what? Just like hits count the same in the first inning as they do in the ninth, pitch clock violations do as well. Hater has to know. He has to be aware of the clock. It's not new to him. He's done it. it this has happened for months now. He has to know. That's on him. And I know it was a split second, but the rules are the rules. Those are the rules. So that's that's on him. It's not like the ump, at least from my knowledge watching the game, it's not like the ump made the bad call. No, Hater didn't deliver the pitch. It's a ball. 
Jesus says Bogarts, Crony, Nola, Grisham, Machado are killing this team. Crony's been doing better, actually. Uh, Bogarts needs to be better. He's admitted it. Grisham needs to be better offensively. Manny needs to be better offensively. Yeah. So it, it, look how many guys you named off there. That's that's five, and there's more that are not helping this team out right now. So it's a collective thing. It's not just one guy. It's a collective thing. JD's third. If Nando stayed at second, we would have won last night's game. You're in scoring position. No need to try and make the highlight reel. Play smart. It's not about you. Remember what Manny told you. I don't know. I don't think he's saying like, or I don't, his mentality when he stole third, I'm not saying, I don't think he would say that his mentality is, yeah, it's about me here. I'm going to steal third, steal the show. I think he saw the opportunity like, well, early in the game, let's put more pressure on him. Have Soto up with no outs and a runner on third. He liked that, uh, but yeah, I agree. I didn't like the decision to steal there with Soto up at the plate there. You have Soto, Manny, and what, Bogarts with no outs. If you can't come through, you're already in scoring position, they can't come through there, then that's on them, right? But in that spot, he, you know, we had to place some of the blame on him instead of just the guys up at the plate. Yeah, it sucks. But I also praise his – I like – I don't want to take the aggressiveness away from Fernando. Like, let's be clear. I don't want to take that away from him. So I'd rather have him be aggressive. But, you know, I don't think that was the smartest time to be aggressive like that. It's not like it was the ninth inning. It's like, oh, well, we're down by one. Nothing to lose here. Let's go. Um, no, no, it was the first inning. He already did his job by getting a double. I think it was a double. Uh, someone says here, Tati should not lead off. Who do you want leading off, though? Bogarts? Okay, maybe. Uh, but it feels like Tatis is the most comfortable in that leadoff spot. WK says this is on the players 100%. I don't know about 100%, but the majority of the blame needs to be on the players. It's not on a guy that's not on the field. It's not the guy that's in the dugout. Enrique says if the Padres have no intention of signing Hayter long-term, trade him for prospects at the deadline. I don't even think the Padres would do that. I think what they would do is they'd ride this season out because they're already going all in. They've showed that by the moves they made in the offseason. They're going all in. And I think they would just let them walk. Like, trading Josh Hader would be like waving the, the red flag. You're trading the best closer in baseball, arguably one of the best relievers in the league, period, you're trading him, and you want us to still believe that you're trying to go all out and win a World Series? I'm sorry, you're not if you trade Josh Hader. So I don't, I don't see... I get the viewpoint, like, Enrique, you probably don't believe this team's going to go win the World Series, so you're like, hey, might as well trade Hader. Don't, you don't want to sign him to that long-term contract. I get it. But 
I'm, I'm trying to think of this from like Peter Seidler's view and AJ. That's not going to happen. They're not trading. I, I, I don't see them trading Hater. I'd be very surprised if they did that. Oh, hot take again from Enrique. Xander and Machado contract was a bust. It's way too early to say that. Way too early. That's totally reactionary. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sky asks, where do you stand on Martinez starting the ninth inning? Um, let me go back to that situation. So. He came in in the seventh inning, got the one out. I would have probably had Martinez just pitch the eighth inning, finish that eighth like he did, and then bring in Hayter. Uh, but I do understand where the Padres were coming from there. Like they wanted probably to have Hayter pitch the tenth, and hopefully they have a lead there. And Nick, what did he finish today with? Twenty-four pitches. Like that's not a lot. And so his pitch count, I, I don't remember his pitch count at the beginning of the ninth inning there, but it obviously wasn't high. So I, I, I don't hate the decision. I probably would have went with Hader, but I don't hate the decision as much as maybe some do. Uh, Hogwatch, what's up, man? Says, hey, Ben, what do you think of Wilson only going one inning, six, six pitches thrown? Yeah, I think there that's another decision where Bomel could have extended Wilson. But maybe this allows Wilson to go three days in a row, pitch tomorrow, and then pitch in the series finale. 
Um, and he liked the matchup. He liked Tim Hill. Let me go back to the seventh inning here because that's obviously where the matchups was, where it was, it, where it was. seventh inning. So he's facing, let's see, Tim Hill's on the mound. Slater, he was going to face Conforto, who's a lefty, but they had Slater come in, walked him. There's a lefty there. Matos, is he a lefty? I don't remember. But there were lefties. It was lefty Matt. He's a righty, okay. But there were lefties to start the inning. That's why they had Tim Hill, I believe, start the inning. They liked the matchups there. And was Nick ready? Maybe Nick wasn't even ready to pitch at that point in the bullpen. If that's the case, then that's a problem. Like, he should have been up. But um, they they like the matchups with Hill over having Wilson face probably Conforto to start the inning there. That would have been uh, right on left to start the inning. And it would have been right on left with Yastrzemski, that matchup. So they were going on matchups there. So when you look at that, like the six pitches, that's not a good look. But when you um, you see the matchups, you dig deeper into it, you understand the decision. Mike asks, if the Padres are out of it at the trade deadline, I wonder if AJ will face facts and sell some pieces. What is out of it at the deadline? Is it 10 games back? <laughs> I sure hope that's not the case. If that's the case, then maybe that's where they draw the line there. But I really feel like Peter, AJ, they're already all in. They've made they made moves in the offseason that dug themselves in. Like we're all in here for this season. So I, I just don't see them selling off pieces. I just don't see it. If they're 10 games back, we'll definitely have the conversation. And I'd probably say, yeah, you should probably sell off the pieces. Uh, but if they're five games back out of the wild card, like they are right now, if that's what it is, come to the deadline, I think it's August 1st. I don't think that they're going to sell. I don't. Maybe they release some players. Maybe they trade some players, but they're going to acquire players that they think is going to help this team get better. I, I just don't see them when they're all in. I don't see them selling in terms of like waving the flag and giving up. Uh, T123 says, you guys remove my comments. I don't remove comments. So I don't know what your question was, but come in the chat and I can get to it. Sorry for that if your comment went away. I I don't delete comments. Unless it's like spam, then obviously, but I don't, I don't do anything tonight. Jim says, Giants fan here, but love San Diego and the ballpark root for them when they don't play the Giants. Uh, cool, I appreciate that, but I don't root for an NLS team when the when they're not playing the Padres. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. But Padres, they have star power. They, they should be a fun team. They're not as a Padres fan right now, but they should be a fun team. I can see why other fans would look to, to root for them. Yep, I agree, Colby. Bullpen has been frustrating these past two games, that's for sure. Sky, have you seen the chart of all players, runners in scoring position, average, Crony at 167, Xander, uh, Xander and Manny, both at 215. 
I did see Kevin AC. He put in his newsletter today, earlier this morning. Uh, let's see. I'm going to pull up the chart here. All of the players except Rugnet Odor have a lower, I think, um, ba- uh, yeah, batting average with runners in scoring position. Yeah, here's the chart. So credit to Kevin AC here. Xander Bogarts in 2023 hitting 215. This was entering today. Career pre 2023 with runners in scoring position 284. Matt Carpenter 178 this year. Career 282 before 2023. Jake Cronorth 167 this year. Before this year 275. Nelly 265 before 2023 288. Grish 145 this year. 238 prior to this year. Hassan Kim 208 this year. 247 before. Manny 217 this year. 315 before this year. That's a 98 point drop. Nola 0.054 before this year 299. That's a negative 245 drop. Odor is the only plus there, plus 52 compared to pre career or pre not pre career, pre 2023. So in his career, two uh, 240 this year, 292 Soto 231 this year in his career before this year, 284 Tatis 273 before this year, 368, 95 point drop. So yeah, it's pretty much everyone that is not doing as good as they usually have with runners in scoring position. So again, it's not a one person issue. It's, it's the players. It's a lot of the players. (laughs) Texas Rangers Clubhouse says the long-term contracts on this roster are going to crush the team long-term. If this isn't the year, it's going to be a rough few years in San Diego. Yeah, and I I think I talked about that a couple weeks ago, about the long-term contracts. And yeah, Seidler says that he doesn't believe in windows and he wants this to be sustainable and the long-term contracts probably help with that, like at least having a player that Fans can wear their jersey for the next decade and know he's going to be here, right? All that. But you sign these long-term contracts so that you could get the player for the prime of his career, which is going to be the next few years of Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts, right? And hopefully Jake Cronorth, right? Um, Joe Musgrove, right? Darvish, whatever he has left. Like You sign these guys to these contracts to get the prime, to get these first few years of these this great performance, right? It's what you were expecting. You're not expecting this performance to last at the end of this contract all the way through, right? So if they don't win now, you're going to expect them to win with older players then with these big contracts taking up chunks of the payroll? Probably not, right? Like the plan was to win now and you can deal with the contracts later. You'll be fine watching Xander Bogart's being old and Manny being old and maybe changing positions or whatever, you're, you'd be fine with that if you had a World Series, if you have a couple rings. And that very well could happen, but it's not looking great right now, obviously. Uh, but the good news is it's it's June 20th. But yeah, it's a good point. Um, Erica says, anyone thought body language for Manny was concerning? He seemed hurt, tired, or both. Uh, what do you mean, what body language? Like him not running down the line on some ground balls? That's just what happens. Like, he knows it's a long season. People that get on him for that, uh, it's just, 
I think it's people that don't watch him every day. They don't realize why he's doing it. He's not doing it to be to come off as lazy. He's doing it so he doesn't get hurt running down the line on a ground on a easy ground ball is short, right? And I know it doesn't look great when there's an error and he's still jogging down the line and it's not like he speeds up or anything, but he's trying to pre- preserve himself for the whole year because he knows he's important to this team. We saw it last year. When he needs to hustle, he's going to hustle. We saw that tonight when I believe he beat out a ball, right? Or it, I think a throw pulled the first baseman off the bag, but he still hustled down the line to get there. So people that you know want to go with the lazy narrative, it's because they don't watch him every day. They don't fully appreciate how great of a player he is and how smart of a player he is. All right, I see a DFA Nola con- uh, DFA Nola comment in there. I that's not going to happen um, until at least Campy gets back, probably, because I don't I don't think the Padres pitchers want a solely Gary Sanchez combo. To be honest, I think they like they like Nola, and I think Bomel likes Nola. I think probably the front office likes having Nola on the staff, having him on the roster. So. I think we got to wait till Campy's back. Or maybe Gary isn't on the team at that point because what if he continues to struggle with the bat? You know, what do they do there? So that's something down the line. I don't even know if there's a timeline on Campy right now. So, yeah, Noah's not going anywhere. All right. I want to hit on some San Diego sports stuff here. Any more comments, questions, feel free to put them in the chat. I'm going to get to Will. I'll get to the Will Myers thing. Um, I kind of forgot to hit on that. I will get to that. Uh, But wanted to hit on San Diego State here. So there is news earlier this week in the Union Tribune. It came out that the Mountain West, they sent a letter to San Diego State last Friday saying that they won't be approving any exceptions at this time that was requested last week by San Diego State uh, in that letter. San Diego State, they were requesting an additional month extension from the June 30th date, which is the date that San Diego State has to notify the Mountain West if they are going to leave or not. Um, if they don't buy then and then they leave, the, the fee doubles from 17 mil to 34. And J.D. Wicker, the AD, he has said in the past that the San Diego State can't pay that. So June 30 is a crucial date. If they want to be in the Pac-12 or another conference for the 2024-2025 academic year. Um, so Mountain West, no additional month extension at this time, no reduced exit fee, no payment installments. So the Mountain West is like, you know what? You're going to leave us? No, we're like kicking you out here uh, because you're, you're, you wrote in that letter that you intend to leave the conference, but then you're saying, well, no, 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 this is not us officially saying we're leaving here. Can you give us another extension? Why would the Mountain West do that? So this was an obvious decision. By the Mountain West, this was an easy decision on their part, I would assume. Of course, we're not going to give you another month and open that door for you to only have to pay us $17 million instead of $34. San Diego State's their best athletic team, I would, I would say, overall. So they want them in the Mountain West. So they're leaving. Mountain West is pissed off about that, obviously. So they're going to try to get as much as they can out of San Diego State in this process. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I think some AD from another Pac-12 school, I forget which school 
is off the top of my head. They said, I think last week that they think that this media deal is going to get done by the end of the month, but you probably want some wiggle room here for San, if you're San Diego State. If you're J.D. Wicker, if you're President uh, Adele Toller, you probably want some room. You probably want this media deal done by this weekend or maybe by middle of next week because the 30th is next Friday. They don't want the media, the media deal to be agreed upon on Friday morning, right? I don't think so. I think they'd want a little bit of time. Uh, so what are we looking at? The 28th you want the deal done by, I would assume, maybe? 29th? I think, look, the Pac-12 and San Diego State, they've had conversations. I, I think it's been reported. They've had conversations already. So if a media deal happens and they get the invitation, then it might not take that long to finalize the agreement that, yeah, State's going to the Pac-12 because they have been talking. And I assume San Diego State knows what would happen if they get an invitation, uh, the process, how quick it would happen. So they probably know all that. But they probably still want to be safe and, and have a little bit of, of time here. So I don't know if we should look at it as June 30th is, yeah, this is the deadline. You, we probably want to see a deal done, a media deal by the Pac-12 done a few days earlier. Again, just for that wiggle room. But that's the latest update. It's probably going to come down to the wire. I don't know. Is the Big 12 going to scoop in there, come in and swoop in at the last moment on June 29th if the Pac-12 doesn't invite San Diego State yet or they don't have the media deal done? And they're going to say, hey, here you go. We'll give you an invitation. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Big 12 and San Diego State as of late. It feels like it's just Pac-12 just waiting on the media deal. And why, again, the Pac-12, why would they want San Diego State to not be in the conference, right? Why would they not want them? Of course you'd want them. Team just went to the national championship game in basketball. They have a good athletic department. They do. New stadium with the football. Hopefully the football can get better. They'll get better recruits if they go to the Pac-12, I would assume. And you want the the Southern California market. UCLA, USC going, they're going to be gone. You want that Southern California presence. San Diego State feels like that no-brainer. It does. So I think the Pac-12 wants San Diego State. Just get the media rights deal done. That's what we're waiting on here. So that's the latest update. Fascinating to see what's going to happen there. All right. And then a quick reminder, the San Diego Wave, obviously they came off the loss last week, coming off the loss against Angel City at home. They have another home match. This is the last home match before the international players get sent off to their camps. By the way, the U.S. Women's National Team roster is going to get released, I believe, tomorrow. So those that are watching this on replay or listening on the podcast, it's getting released probably later today, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, June 21st should be released. Alex Morgan should be on there. Naomi Gurma should be on there. Maybe Taylor Korniak gets on there. Sharon will, Sheridan will be on there for Canada. And then there's some others. Uh, Jakobsen, she'll be on there for, I believe it's Sweden. Uh, Van Eggman might be on a roster. So there's other players that will be involved in this World Cup other than the U.S. players. Uh, so look out for that tomorrow. The U.S. Uh, release. The Wave, their last match, their send-off match, if you will, Saturday, Saturday night at Snapdragon against OL Rain. So you can get your tickets, San Diego Wave FC, their website. And the Wave, obviously, they're going to hope to get a win because 
who knows what the heck's going to happen while the best players on the team are away, right? I think there's four or five games at least if U.S. makes a deep run that some of their best players are going to be gone. So who knows? I, I think the Wave have some good depth, but you just don't know. You just don't know. So hopefully they can get a win on Saturday. Um, and then getting to the Will Myers stuff. So Will Myers, he was designated for assignment by the Reds on Tuesday. A 189 average so far this year with the Cincinnati Reds. A 540 OPS. He was on the IL a couple times. I think he had a shoulder sprain. He was sick. That's why he couldn't come to San Diego for that return series. That was Nando's home return, right? Will was supposed to be there. That was going to be great. It was still great, but it obviously sucked not being able to see Will there. And he, I think, was dealing with the kidney stone as well. So some unfortunate things that was happening for Will. I was looking at the comments from Red fans on social media, and it wasn't like hate towards Will. They were just like, yeah, it wasn't working. Young kids coming up. Sucks that Will had to deal with some time away. Uh, he was just coming back. And, you know, the Reds, they're in first place in the National League Central. Like, they're trying to win. And so it was a decision that had to be made. Obviously, now the question goes to, should the Padres bring back Will? He's been DFA'd. So I wouldn't expect there to be anyone that claims him because I think they'd have to pay him millions of dollars that's left on his salary for this year. So I'd expect him to end up being released and become a free agent. Would he entertain a return to the Padres? I assume he would. But maybe he gets a starting job with another team and he wants to take that and then get traded at the deadline to a contender. With the Padres, what would Will's role be? Would it be DH? Would it be would it take would he take Brandon Dixon's spot? I would be fine, to be honest, with having Will Myers take someone like Brandon Dixon's spot. Would he take Nelson Cruz's spot if they decide to just release Nelson Cruz because he's only making a million dollars? By the way, the, the salary that they pay Will would be prorated minimum salary, I think. Uh veteran minimum for however many games he'd be playing. So it would not be very much at all. Just like the Nelson Cruz contract. So who would he take? I don't know which spot, but he can play first. We know that he can play the outfield. He could fill in as a DH. I would be open with, I would be open to it, but I understand if the Padres also say, you know, we parted with him for a reason. Um, the era, the Will Myers era with the Padres, it's over. It was a great end to that, right? Celebrating with Padre fans, beating the Dodgers, him playing a, a part in that. Like, that was great. It was it was a great ending there. Obviously, they wish they would have won the World Series, but it was good. But they, they've closed that book. I understand if the Padres do that, but what's the worst that could happen? Like it, it doesn't work out and that's just another hitter in the lineup that's struggling because they still have plenty of them. So I'd be willing to take the chance. That's me. Let me know in the comments if you disagree or if you agree on that. Like Will, obviously he's loved by the fans. I think he was loved in the clubhouse. And so it could provide an initial spark and provide some smiles in that clubhouse. But how long is that going to last? That that's. 
it's a worthy point to bring up. Um, but there's a lot of guys that are underperforming right now. So might as might as well take a shot with Will. Why not? Why not? We'll see. Um, but again, I also understand if the Potters decide not to go in that direction, it's understandable. All right. Any other comments here to end the night? Again, Padres lose the first two games of this San Francisco Giants series. Man, had opportunities to win both of these games, and they just couldn't do it. Um, JD's third says Manny's hit was taken away and ruled an error. He didn't hustle the first. Yes, he did. He did hustle the first. In his last at-bat, you're saying? I believe he did hustle the first. JD, JD De La Cruz says, big mistake from Bob Melvin. Haters should have started the inning. Yeah, that's that's a it's a good point. Um, if if Bowmel would have had Haters start the inning, I would not have been opposed to that. Like Martinez had already worked an inning and a third, I believe, there in that spot. So yeah, it's it's not like Martinez didn't work enough already. Um and if Hader likes the clean inning, I, I know he does. Okay. Maybe Bomel should have done that. But at the end of the day, Josh Hader, you want all that money in free agency, dude? You should probably pitch better in those spots. I don't care what situation you're coming into. You should be pitching a little bit better in those spots. Uh, Enrique says, I saw comments on Twitter that Hader had a bad attitude in the ninth inning. On mound visit, what did I miss? I did see that. I think maybe he didn't want the mound visit from Niebla, but there was a pinch hitter. He probably came into the game thinking he was going to face, who was it? Was it Conforto? or was it, No, I think it was Brandon Crawford. And Brandon Crawford got pinch hit for. So Niebla came out. Yeah, Casey Smith came in to pinch hit. Niebla came out to give him a scouting report. And he ended up walking Casey Smith. So was his mind not in it there? I don't know. Um, and if that's the case, if he was having bad attitude, dude, why are you having a bad attitude in that spot? Who cares? Niebla's coming in to try to help you with, with the mountain visit. You know? So I don't know. All right. Anything else to get to here? I mean, it's, it's just disappointment right now. Just where the franchise is. A lot of the players on this team, specifically in the offense. The bullpen, you know, here's the thing. Like, I'm not super worried about the bullpen long-term. It's been like the one of the best bullpens in baseball. And Bowman has managed it, obviously. He's been the manager the whole time with the best one of the best bullpens in baseball, if not the best. I haven't looked at the numbers. I think the Yankees are up there too. So, I'm again, I don't think this bullpen thing, it's like something to worry about long term. But it's still frustrating the first two games here where you had a lead and the bullpen didn't come through. So, they're the, they're, that's the group that you're targeting right now, right? Someone to target Bowmill, but I think that's just stupid. Um, there, there were some moves that I disagreed with, but he's he's not the person that we should be mainly pissed off at. And the offense still not coming through. 
Um, I think there's more of a concern about the offense for me than the bullpen. Um, so I guess a bright spot here is that I, I don't think that we should expect this bullpen problem to continue. But, I mean, sorry, I, I don't have any bright spot about the the lineup. Um, I, I keep trying to say it's going to turn around, but they, they just got to show it to us consistently for fans to really believe that. So if you don't believe it's going to turn it around, I'm not going to sit here and say you're stupid for that. <laughs> Because look how many games they played and it hasn't turned around consistently, you know. So, yeah, disappointing. All right, Texas Rangers Clubhouse says, enjoy the show. Good stuff. See you next time. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you, whether you're live here, you're watching it on replay, uh, you're listening to the podcast. I appreciate you all. I appreciate those who come up to me at Petco and say hi. Um, I love this Padres community. Love San Diego sports fans. So have a good night, everyone. And uh, hopefully the end of the series, you know, they can split this series and we'll be a little bit happier come Thursday when the next show happens. So there we go. Episode 416. Have a great night, everyone. And I'll see you all later.